0: If you've ever been to an ICU, this is the sounds you may have heard. Now imagine being hospitalized and having to listen to this 24-7. Dear listeners, you're listening to Faces of Digital Health with me, Tiasha Seitz, and our today's topic is patient centricity. In the broadest possible sense, patient centricity is a mental shift from what is done for the patient in the healthcare system to how things are done. The how may include the use of technology but also the environment. Now let's go back to the sounds from the ICU. The recording in the background was prepared by Walter Wurtzoa, a composer and musician who up until recently lived and worked in the US. For the last decade, Walter has been researching the healing potential of music. In parallel, an Austrian physician, Klaus Latzica, was doing the same looking for ways music could be used in a hospital. This is what they found about how music and the environment could change the patient experience fundamentally.
1: My boss 12 years ago, he said, you you know, you have studied music when you have been young, so use it at the hospital. And I said, okay. And so I started to dive into it and to start research. And then I met Walter, who lived at, in Los Angeles at the time, and we became close friends and co-workers because we we go for the same goal. I'm a critical care physician. We know that every surviving critical care patient has a severe post-traumatic stress disorder. And we know that this is caused by the ICU stay. He didn't have his prior to his disease. We call it post-ICU syndrome. We have to change our whole behavior and we have to change the, the, the ambience and we have to change mm. everything. A critical care unit who is fully working, you you have the feeling as a patient, you, you are for twenty four hours on the on the Berlin Wall or at or on the airport. I always wonder how you can get healthy in a critical care unit, um, I can go out after twenty four hours, but the patient has to stay for for weeks. And so Walter did the mixture of, of the sounds, we recorded it, and so we we tried to 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 overcome the sounds by focusing the patients to music.
0: If you go into a wellness center or if you go into uh, a massage center or salon you go there to 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 relax and already when you come there and they have the the place nicely designed and there's some nice easygoing music going on in the background you already uh, relax and the hospital is something that's completely opposite it's the environment that should have that kind of an effect as a prerequisite and it has a completely opposite mm-hmm. effect
1: it's terrible. But When I was young, in the old Vienna General Hospital, there were still rooms with thirty people. Imagine you got. When I started, it was one room with eighteen people. Imagine you you you, you get acute leukemia, mm-hmm. so which comes over, overnight, yeah. and so you find this and you, you're at home, and then you start bleeding, and you find yourself for. At least one month in a room with 12 men. Or I I experienced this. So now we have the general hospital that are the new. But this is now 35 years old. So it has been, it has to be completely restructured. And we are, my dream would be to, to get a, Human, humanistic, a human atmosphere in the hospital. That's, that's why we are we, we are kneeling in front of our um, general directors and architects, and say, please listen to us. Please implement this, and please give us these colors, and please try to construct some um, really efforts in putting daylight and healthy light for patients. It's it's a struggle
0: it's a huge challenge because it's it a involves a lot of money, especially in the public systems. Hospitals have so many things that they need to invest in and uh, probably, um, some hospital leaders would be potentially even dissatisfied if you wanted to, uh, you know, say that this is even more important that, I don't know, a new CT scan or MRI machine.
1: One, one argument I always have, like, basically you can talk to people in the, these days and i'm not rejected if i make suggestions let's see what comes what what my main argument is um, um if we if we ameliorate the atmosphere maybe the hospital just stays shorter and this is an easy calculation because one day in the Vienna General Hospital on the normal what is 2,000 euro on the critical care what is 4,000 euro imagine the patient leaves critical care one day earlier you have 4,000 euro saved in one day and if you if you put the investment investi- 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 investment in the ambience in the architecture, you will regain it definitely.
0: In UCLA, how difficult was it for you to uh, to find uh, doctors that would like this idea and would try to you know spread the word about it or try to um, encourage the use of it? Because always when we're talking about new technologies, you need uh, movers and mm-hmm. first. Uh, adopters that drive adoption.
2: Moving Vienna to LA, LA to Vienna, it's it's a different world. You can't even start comparing it. In LA, people are so much more open for ideas. Um, If it's about business, and if they see that business runs better and easier, um, they love to try. Um, They are not as bureaucratic as here. And the only challenge over there is that FDA is just an incredible burden. It's a necessary burden. And the wonderful thing was that they early on re- realized that um, music does not need FDA.
0: Okay, that was my next question. So you didn't have to deal with that.
2: We have to be HIPAA compliant, but FDA doesn't matter.
0: And does do you get any criticism that this is not effective, that this is just, you know, you're just trying to drive business?
2: Oh, then we'll just tell them, look at the outcomes. And, um, we work also with, uh, virtual reality companies and that efficacy is even higher. And, um, Klaus worked and talked with Howard Rose from first hand and they have 60, 65% lesser pain perception, chronic pain with the music and VR. And Walter
1: cannot face, uh, um, the, the, the foreword. Uh, he doesn't try. He, he didn't mention it, but his music is for free. It's his gift to mankind. <laughs> health is for free.
0: So, what's what's the business model?
2: The business model is more political model. I dream of cost to zero healthcare. I think everybody has the right to be healthy, and we have to do everything to keep them healthy and to make them healthy. um It is. It breaks my heart to have friends. They went bankrupt because they had cancer like so you imagine your father has cancer and on top of it you lose your house with that and the insurance can drop you and that's an insanity where you have to do everything to help and to do something
0: i often hear from the americans that move to europe that they did so because of the healthcare and because of the healthcare costs.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep, but those same people then say, and there was this really fun interview uh, with Will Smith. They don't understand the insurance system, uh, the, the tax system here.
0: So when you started researching the therapeutical effect uh, of music in, in the hospitals, how did that look like? Did you study each um, patient uh, individually? Did they wear earphones? Was the music played on the ward? Because then again, you have the problem that not all people like the same music. How did that look like? Um, we,
1: I think we have faced every situation. Um, if the music therapist is coming and you are on a critical care ward, unfortunately, there are not only single rooms. So, but the other patient did tolerate it. But of course, since it is individual, um it's either preferred to play by earphone, or you have, you are happy enough on a, on a palliative care ward or on a hematology care ward or a bone marrow transplant isolation unit that you have a single room, then you can choose between earphones or loudspeakers.
0: Okay. And at the presentation that you usually have on stage, you usually play um, classical music. Did you also study like the differences in effects of different types of music on different patients? How personalized is music to the patient and the effect?
1: On, on the critical care world, so I, I, I tried to personalize the music and I asked ask the patient, or... Or we offer the patient something. So um, patients may prefer their own music, but we have also patients who are interested in learning music during the hospital this day. And they say, would you suggest something? And we, I've also, in one study, I've compared, um, I've Asked we have asked patients to choose their own music and then allow us to play one piece of Bach. And they said, yes, of course, I'm very interested how Johann Sebastian Bach works. And both pieces um, brought hardware variability to, to blossom. So it's it's an interaction. Music is a universal language, and music is a a, a language, and it's a, it's a medium of interaction between, a medium of communication between caregivers and, and clients.
0: When you come in a hospital and you're sick you're in a different mindset you know and you might like a different music than you usually listen to how many of changes uh, from that perspective did you observe
1: as a matter of fact uh, i always experienced that people were grateful i think um, a very important aspect is that we approach the patient it's the personal contact and we 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 talk on one level. It's not hierarchical and say, will we, will we integrate music during the, this year, next week's stake? And there's so much gratefulness that, that we always have constructive discussion. We have, we have everything you want on, on, on our, we can provide this. And, and the patient said, yeah, but you seem to be experienced. What, what would you suggest? So it's, it, it's a mixture.
0: Are you surprised that, uh, this kind of an approach to patient-centricity is not more, more widely adopted?
1: I'm very surprised because everybody is talking of personalized medicine those days so we try to choose the appropriate we ask the patient we use it also in in hematology in palliative care we ask the patient or we ask the next of kin what, is, what do you think would be the most beloved music for your father so we have a really um, personalized approach and the health system. you can choose whatever you want you can design your own therapy And I'm a little bit astonished that not more people do follow that way because whenever we do a presentation, people agree with (laughs) what we are doing. So so it just needs spreading, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, I think the adoption is slow. It might be similar to what we lived through with acupuncture where in the beginning – People would smile and not trust it. How can a needle help you? And now it's mandatory and and loved.
0: So earphones will need to become an essential part of each hospital.
2: Definitely. And they already have those.
1: Um, Walter has implemented in the United States in a lot of hospitals, um, UCLA. And now he's moved to Vienna after a long time in Los Angeles, in Hollywood. And now we try... To implement in viennese hospitals
0: do you have any data about the users regarding uh, how much did they use the app even after they returned home how much they changed their whole perspective of uh, how music can help them feel better
2: um there is a great adherence right there because um it's non-destructive. You don't have to swallow a pill. You don't have to shoot some injections. Yeah. But, um, how do you feel about that?
1: Um, we have adherence and, um, I, I, just, I just found the explanation why we are talking. Um, as a patient, you always are kind of a victim, a victim of the disease, but also you're a victim of medicine. You are passive. You, re- you receive infusions. You receive casitas. You receive drainage. You are, um, and, and by, The choice, the choice of music and by, by the, by the construction of your own therapy, you regain a kind of autonomy because it's, it's a way that you as a patient can share the decision what's happening with you. And this is what is very good for the, for the human soul to be not more just a passive client, but you, 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 you you, you shape your own way through the disease.
0: The environment is only one puzzle in the patient-centricity picture. A nice room means nothing without appropriate communication, relationship and empathy. We've got news to the shift from paternalistic to partnership interactions between patients and doctors. However, in order to give the doctors the capacity to be sensitive and empathic, the work environment and demands they're facing should be considered with each innovation. Coming up next... Denise Silver, the founder and president of Basel Strategies and of the Doctors 2.0 NU conference series, with more than 20 years of experience and a deep vision and understanding of the opportunities and challenges of digital health. And Raquel Correa, a Paris based GP from Portugal, who's also a consultant to healthcare startups.
3: I will never forget it was in around ni- 1998. I was attending a conference, one of the early conferences about patients and the internet and physicians, and a man stood up and he said, I am a kidney cancer survivor. My file is maybe 500 pages thick. I know it by heart. I don't expect my doctor to know this. And at the time, the audience was shocked uh, that somebody could be so defiant uh, and why would a patient have access to all of... Uh, his data. And also, people didn't even realize how thick a file could be. And the thickness of the file and the lack of knowledge, whether of the physician or the patient, are at the root of a lot of what's wrong with the healthcare system as it is currently organized. If we fast forward to the present, a lot of progress has been made on a structural and legal basis Patients, uh, have the right to see all the data. There is the open notes movement, which perhaps you know, um, that has shown that when patients can see clinicians' notes, they, they do better and it's better for the, for the physician. In France, for example, patients must be on the committees, many committees, whether in the hospital or in the government, and they are there. And there are thousands of patient uh, organizations. However, that individual practicing physician troublemaker, when he or she sees a patient, he's, he's off on another planet. He's not affected by all of this. He hasn't had the training. He doesn't have the time uh, to change. He doesn't know how he could change unless he just was naturally empathetic.
0: Raquel, what's your uh, view? on this whole topic when it comes to approaching patients? What do you think are the the crucial things that um, doctors should take into account if they want to be so-called patient-centric?
4: What we need to give doctors is more time and we have to listen to patients. The patients are, as in design, there is the, the end user. The patients are our final user in medical care. And we need to sit with patients. We need to change medical education and we need to change the kind of relationship from a paternalistic relationship that used to have or to to happen to something that is horizontal. There is no one who knows himself better than the patient himself and the doctor is there to help him. But probably
0: a lot of professionals would argue here that they They ask the patients if they have any questions, but they don't have enough time for, for the patients to open up to them. They're burdened because of the technology, because of the IT systems. They're burdened because they know how many other patients are in the waiting room. So how can you balance the challenges?
4: Well, first of all, you can start by automating stuff that key, that can be automated so that uh, doctors can have more time allocated to patients. Then you can, of course, organize your time differently. Instead of having a consultation uh, where you give a diagnosis for a patient, you can, for example, have that in three or four appointments. I know it's difficult probably for the patient and for the doctor, but if you have been diagnosed with cancer, for instance, you cannot expect the patient to ask all the questions immediately. And that's also why you have sometimes um, appointments with nurses and other health healthcare professionals that will allow you to ask the questions that will come to mind once you're taking your shower and you're got back home and you get to think about everything that you've just been told. So I would say that, yes, you have to automate stuff. You have to organize uh, healthcare systems differently. And you have to be able to understand that there is a human in front of you. And also, in terms of the patient, you have to understand that the knowledge of a doctor is limited. We do not know everything. So sometimes we have to go on a quest, both of us, and understand what's really going through, which is, you know, it's a humble um, relationship. But if you know that there is something, someone there to help you, it can be a really beautiful thing that uh, can happen, I would say. Denise,
0: you're working directly on medical congresses. So you interact with doctors. Um, what kind of questions uh, do they usually have? Or what are they skeptic or maybe even upset about? You know, uh, there's more and more pressure on doctors, not only for for, for their medical profession, but then um, they lack communication skills when they uh, leave the medical studies. Uh, then they're accused of not understanding the business side of medicine enough so in the end you know you end up uh, you end your medical education and you feel like everything is wrong with you before you even started
3: you're absolutely right and um and i'm going to answer that and then i wanted to give an example of how you could change the context which exists um doctors are fearful of the judgments that are coming now whether it is on um yelp or google or on other uh, websites. Um, they receive instructions from their organizations on what to do if they get an incorrect criticism. Um, they are no longer, um, as you've heard, whether it's in the U.S. with the debts, the medical debts from medical school, or in Europe where the salaries are lower than in the U.S., doctors are no longer this notable personality who... Uh, uh, whose income is is no problem and who will just sail through life with a more and more prosperous uh, career. It's become very tough to be a long-lasting uh, physician. So they're already in a preoccupied mode. Um, their concern when they learn about the digital innovation, they're very excited about it, is, well, how do I access it? Um, am I legally allowed to use it? What happens if it doesn't work? There's a whole lot of accompanying measures that aren't necessarily being provided, especially to the physicians who are in private practice. It's different if they are in a hospital. If the Mayo Clinic, um, to take the example of a place that is more patient included and that has thought of accompanying doctors and patients for the over 10 years, um, with social media, with apps, with getting appointments online, with the electronic medical record, it's a totally different situation than if you're a doctor who has his own private office. But to give you an example of how we could change the organization of the patient-physician relationship, I'd like to take the Veterans Administration, which is a public health system in the U.S. where the pro- the appointments are programmed uh, quite a while in advance. And when the patient comes in, they have 20 minutes with a nurse who takes all of the vital statistics and who goes into the action points. Like, last time the doctor told you to do X, Y, Z, have you been doing it? How's it going? And she takes all these notes so that the physician, when he or she gets the 20 minutes, they each have 20 minutes, they have a real discussion from a strategic standpoint. Okay, okay. I see that you were supposed to lose weight, but you've gained weight. Um, let's talk about, and then they can go into the details uh, that they see fit. So it's a totally different situation for those salaried physicians who have a, a different protocol to follow than, than the guy who's trying to do everything by himself.
0: Um, yeah, that's a really good point because, uh, in the digital health space, I think we are often faced with these misconceptions that when it comes to technology, the doctors are the problem that they don't want to use the technology, but it's the other way around. They're excited. If they think that something is going to help them, the problem is when things become technical, when the software is doesn't work because the computer in the hospital is too old, or when the Wi-Fi is not working. So um, maybe Raquel, can you? What's your perspective on on that side?
4: Uh, it's very true. Uh, we want technology. What we want is technology that works. Uh, and I don't want to spend my time uh, in the consultation fighting with the printer or with the system that doesn't work. So we do need um, technology. I would love to have voice recorders instead of taping around with a computer, instead of looking the patient in the eye, for instance. That is something that is not being developed and that should be developed. Um, what we are worried as well is security. Where are the tracks going to? Who can access or hack the patient information? Can the insurance companies access the information? What are they doing with that? So all the blockchain technology that is coming to healthcare is very important. The other thing, um, Denise was saying that we are now being uh, rated in Yelp and other sites. I am not worried about that. Um, although I do think that Criticism, instead of being constructive sometimes, is just free criticism because you can hide uh, behind the internet uh, um, frame, let's say. Um, a doctor who's a good doctor and who's an empathic doctor will not be sued. The majority of doctors who are sued are doctors who do not um, take an interest in the patient and who do not look the patient in the eye. So the error can still happen. But if you've been an empathic doctor... You shouldn't be um, afraid of that. So um we will always be judged. And of course, we are fearful of stuff that we still don't know about. But yes, technology should um, be more prevalent. Um, however, what we see in hospitals is that a lot of times, um, the system doesn't want to spend the money that's needed to update, um, the programs or to have the proper programs in place. And they want to make the hospital, um, an industry, something that is, uh, you know, profitable. And how can health be profitable?
0: The money issue is very uh, important when it comes to leveraging healthcare technology. Um, if your uh, budget is constrained, the technology is, in theory, uh, out there, but the the institution can't afford it.
4: Yeah, so let me just add that when we are trained as doctors, we are trained to take care of people. And then you get into this system that asks you to see 50, 60 patients a day, regardless of what you're earning. Um, And suddenly you have burnout rates um, skyrocketing and people committing suicide. I've had three or four colleagues last year that took their lives. And this is because they are asking doctors just to see more and do more and, you know, be a machine and we are not machines. Um, And that has to be taken um, into consideration, I would say.
3: Uh, Yes, on this point, um, this is something that's true for life in general. When you start criticizing a whole body of people, you have to stop immediately because there it means that there's something wrong with the system. It's not the individuals. I always feel that somebody who went into medicine, they really wanted at some point to take care of people. And if their personality has been impacted by the kind of uh, behavior that they have experienced around them or by the conditions that Raquel was mentioning, then we must rethink the system and it is urgent. This healthcare system is uh, off balance for many for many reasons. Denise, uh, so you've been born in the
0: US, you're working and you live in in Europe. Any comparisons that you could make among the systems and maybe the preparedness of the systems
3: to to change. Improving from a purely digital standpoint is showing to be very difficult in a large country with a variety of health systems, which is the case of the US. So while they have Top new products and research, it's, it's difficult for them to reach scale, although this is changing with large insurers, um, that can bring reimbursement of these services and therefore use on a, on a larger scale. Um, in Europe, for example, the UK has for years t- hoping to become a real leader in digital and maybe they will, but it's proving very difficult. As to, the So the best examples of digital in Europe might be the small countries like Estonia, Denmark, and others. From a people perspective, how you treat patients is a function of how we exist in a society. And so the U.S. was the first to have patient activists, because in the U.S., given that you don't have the right to free care and the right to this and that, um, patients had to be activists. So starting um, with cancer and HIV-AIDS in the 80s and 90s, and even before the Internet, patients started to assert themselves because it was a matter of life or death. And I think that this movement of patient uh, includedness and patient self engagement and all this started there because it's a more, uh, it's, it's more possible from a societal standpoint than, let's say, in, in England or France, where we see things as being much more structured and formal. Um, but now it is understood everywhere. And I think that that is thanks to globalization and the new generation.
0: This was the 23rd episode of Faces of Digital Health podcast. If you liked what you've heard, do subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating or a review in iTunes, and make sure to browse the other episodes as well. The 22nd offers a recap on interoperability and AI from the Exponential Medicine Conference, and the older ones have everything from an insight into digital health in China, Japan, Dubai, India, Kenya, and other countries. And of course, there are specific topics such as the role of nurses in healthcare innovation. Stay tuned to learn more about how technologies are healing healthcare around the globe.